This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders in. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Everybody should ride bicycle. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bosque User Group Radio Show on 3CR Community Radio. And uh, it's a lovely start to the early spring. We've just uh, got a really nice morning this morning, obviously. And it's going to do the normal Melbourne thing and go weird by the mid-afternoon by the sounds of it. But... uh, Today on Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio, we're going to speak to local residents, Ali and Jeremy, about a local design they've come up with that is inspired by the Hovenring in the Netherlands, which is an innovative pedestrian and cycle uh, bridge, which is a circular bridge. And they've come up with this for the uh, Swan Street Punt Road intersection. So um, it's a case of why not, seeing there's a few things in the air at the moment with the streamlining Hoddle Street project and state governments um, rather willing to uh, throw money at, uh, well, not throw money, but, you know, comparatively speaking to bicycle infrastructure, uh, invest in problematic intersections, i.e. a level crossing um, project that's on at the moment with Alexa stuff all over Melbourne. So, also in today's show, I'm going to be talking about uh, a Guardian article that was about Sydney's war on cyclists, how I got fined $106 for not having a bell, which, um, again, in Victoria, we, you know, well, we led the way down here because we had parity in fines, but uh, a little bit more about that in a moment. And I'll be speaking about, oh, there's going to be a Melbourne bicycle market coming up and a few more bits and pieces to do with the news. And also, a couple of days left to get your entries into the Single Speed World Championships for Wood End for um, coming up in October. So... Today, I'm going to do, do a little bit on this, what's he- what the um, hell is happening in Sydney. Previously, we've had um, David Barella from uh, Bike Sydney on the show talking about uh, Sydney things because uh, things up there tend to get problematic and weird and politically conflicted and wedge politics and all the rest of it. But I just want to read part of this um, article I said earlier about uh, people getting fined up their ridiculous amounts for not having things like bells and helmets and things like that, which, you know, like, uh, okay, down here in Victoria, bought early bought in parity a few years ago to do with fine, so clap, clap, well done, Victoria. But um, for March next year, it will be compulsory for all cyclists in Sydney and elsewhere in the state to carry identification. This is going too far, says Ray Rice, Chief Executive of Bicycle New South Wales. There's been no evidence provided that there's any real issue in identifying riders. Police have existing powers to do this. It will mean riders will need to carry a driver's licence and 
or photo card even when going to the local shops or down the beach. This will be disincentive for riding. Clovermore, the Mayor of Sydney since 2004, who is running for a fourth term, is a long-term supporter of cycling as a way to making cities more livable, but her political rivals use that as a blunt instrument to attack her. And quote from uh, Clovermore, the value of cycling in Sydney has been undermined by hysterical claims that bicycle riding will cripple the city's economy, misleading stories that distort data to proclaim less people are riding and willful ignorance of good practice overseas, she told The Guardian. An independent who leans to the left, Moore's main rival for mayor is Christine Forster, a member of the Conservative Liberal Party and sister of former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott. Forster wants a monitorium on cycle lanes while a light rail system is built. I could tell you a lot more about that light rail system at another point. And uh, then a reassessment of the uh, existing network. Moore says the Liberal National New South Wales government passed legislation giving two votes to businesses against one to residents to help Forster. And the increase in fines for cycling offences could be seen backing Forster's views over Moore's. But Duncan Gay, the New South Wales Minister for Roads, insists about safety and that cycling groups were consulted Quote, Duncan Gay, with cycling injuries remaining high in New South Wales, I had no choice but to look at tougher deterrence and increased enforcement to improve, si- so, um, to improve safety for cyclists and other users like pedestrians, he said via email. I don't want to see it as another dollar. I don't want to see another dollar in fine revenue, but I do hope to see a reduction in cyclist injuries. And... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, can you spell wedge politics, children? Yes. I've got to... I've just got to just quote this um, one more paragraph out of this article, which appeared in the Guardian Cities um, on Wednesday 24th last week. If you look at other cities or you look at leaders of other cities that are investing in cycling, they are conservative. In New York, there was Michael Bloomberg. In New Zealand, in Auckland... It is the New Zealand Prime Minister John Key who led the charge on a 50 million cycleway project. And in London, it was Boris Johnson, also a Conservative. The tone of the debate here is very peculiar. It has been very peculiar for a very long time. It's a peculiar Australian thing that previously in other decades or previous things that cycling was just something that you'd done or you went out and did. You know, my, I remember it was my, the people in a couple of rallies in my family who prior to the 1960s used to hop on their bikes and go to work. Now it's seen as something other, it's seen as something exclusive in inner suburbs and a whole bunch of other things that have been thrown into the mix. We'd see it as um, expression of probably competing interests. And uh, this is what we've got to uh, get through in the next couple of years because we have some almighty pressures mounting up on the way we live and the way that um, we choose to live in cities and also resources. And there's lots of other shows on 3CR who delve into those issues. So we've, uh, again, cycling for transport and better PT provision is facing an uphill battle because of competing interests, which I'll politely leave it at that. And you, listener, will probably understand why we've got to hold the line and keep fighting for better infrastructure and better policy and better governance and 
far better political representatives. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to uh, start an interview with Ali and Jeremy about their idea of... I mean, it's inspired by the Hovenring in the Netherlands, and if you haven't seen it, um, we're going to be discussing this at length in the rest of the show. of Radical Radio includes radical music. 3CR's Music Matters continues with this tradition every week by promoting and supporting live, independent Australian music. In November, Music Matters will be three years young and we'd love you to join us in celebrating our third birthday and 3CR's 40th birthday at a benefit gig at the Bella Union on Thursday, 3rd of November. A stellar lineup of artists who perform for Music Matters will be announced soon, so get out your diaries and lock in November the 3rd, when we'll see you at the Bella Union with your dancing shoes on. about an innovative um, project that they've come up called the Monring, which is an innovative circular cycle bridge for Richmond. Basically the intersection of Hoddle Street, or Punt Road I should say, and Swan Street. Jeremy and Ali, you're there. Good morning. Hello, yes we are. Okay, so this is pretty amazing what you've come up with. I'm looking at your website, which is monring.org. Now, bit about yourselves. How did you, you come to this idea of the, of the Monring? Well, I grew up cycling, riding to school every day up in country Queensland and have continued that throughout travelling to Brisbane and then down to Melbourne, and also living for seven years in Germany where we also cycle toured through the Netherlands. So cycling has always been part of my life. And when Vic Rhodes said they wanted to redevelop the intersection near us, which is just 200 metres away, I thought, well, that's going to be a bit of a, a car-focused development and maybe it's a good opportunity to make it a lot better for cyclists and pedestrians as well. So, and, yeah, so can you just kind of give a little bit of a verbal interpretation what you've come up with, what, what, what this circular cycle bridge is for this intersection? Well, it's not certainly not an original idea. It's based on a design which has actually been built in the Netherlands called the Hovenring. And I think we were having a conversation with Troy. He said, oh, we need the Hovenring there. And we suddenly went, yes, that's exactly what we need. Yeah, so this is like a raised circular ring that goes over <clears throat> the top of an intersection with four kind of ramps onto it. Yeah, it's a little bit like a roundabout, but it's for cyclists and pedestrians only, and it's raised above where the where the cars and trucks drive. If you imagine an, an ultimate frisbee, the size of an intersection, four metres elevated up into the air, and that's where the cyclists and pedestrians can, can cross the intersection safely. Yeah, so in, 
that the the cars and trucks would have traffic lights, but the cyclists and pedestrians can use it continuously like a roundabout. So very f free flowing traffic. So what would percentage grade would you think of like the ramps up to the the ring would be? Would they kind of be about eight percent or something like that? Or um, I think shallower. Like it, you know, every every engineering has to be done for the local site. Yeah. Uh, the Hoven Ring in the Netherlands um, actually sunk the road down below the original grade to make the cyclist and pedestrian grade a lot lower. Yeah. But the intent is that it's as with all cycle paths, high quality infrastructure in the Netherlands, it, it doesn't get that steep. It's it's only a couple of percent grade really. Yeah, it was a thing in terms of general accessibility for everybody. But this is a free flowing intersection that you're thinking of that is raised above the vehicular traffic. Now, we had some choice words about this before the conversation about when you get within 200 metres of this intersection in um, Richmond, it's not fit for purpose at the moment for, and, and, and as pedestrians as well, it's really problematic. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty scary, I find. I mean, certainly I used to ride up there to get to my, uh, my daughter's childcare um, she's in school now, so we don't go that way so often anymore. So pretty much on a daily basis. And the only way that I could negotiate it was on the footpath because I was just too scared when I was with her. And pretty much whenever I go through there by myself, if I'm turning right, then I still use the footpath because it's just too scary. Yeah, there's there's been a bit of this come out, like if you're heading towards the west coming off uh, Swan Street, and you get pinched in there, and yeah. and then and then you kind of head into like the sports precinct, and it kind of, oh, it's fine for you know probably a couple hundred meters, and then it pinches in again, and yeah, it's um, something. These sort of innovative engineering ideas have got to probably looked at more, especially the inner suburbs, to get that throughput of. It's not just vehicular traffic. We've got to think of how people walk and ride. I think it's a win-win for everyone, including the taxpayer. I mean, if the, the state government's going to put $60 million into redeveloping a whole bunch of intersections and uh, making it a continuous flow intersections for cars, which sort of makes sense for cars, then why not make it a continuous flow intersection for cyclists and pedestrians as well? And the trick to do that is, is great separation. Mm. And then you can throw on a whole bunch of extra benefits like integrating the intersection with Richmond Railway Station, which is one of the biggest... Uh, railway stations in the Melbourne network. So imagine petite people are going to exit from the railway station, but high up where they can still see a view of the city going onto the ring, then they can go onto any of the four exits. They can see the city on the skyline, they can see the sports precinct, they can see Richmond, they can see the river, and they can orient themselves very quickly. So it's a, it's a benefit for tourists. Well, it's a better way of connecting the um, facilities down instead of everything being separated by slabs of tarmac and... Um kind of like traffic signals that are set up to basically prioritise um, fast-moving motorised traffic. Instead, this gives you a more of a human pace, human scale to that area. And the Hoven Ring, if you look it up on the web, is it's quite a cult. Uh, I'm looking at it, yeah. In the Netherlands. And so imagine if you have the Mond Ring, which is, you know, in, Hoven Ring is from the city of Eindhoven in the Netherlands. So it's Hoven Ring. And here would be the Richmond ring or mond ring then imagine uh, it could be on the visit melbourne website or the visit victoria come out to richmond station onto the ring for your new year's eve and you can look over the skyline with the fireworks it'd be a, a meeting point for 
the young lovers as well. Oh, I said that, that just the, the, the upselling on this could be endless, couldn't it? <laughs> In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. Shop. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. You are indeed listening to 3CR 855am and digital live streaming podcasts and on demand. So I'm just going to go into the second part of an interview I did with Ali and Jeremy about Monring, which is a proposal they have for the intersection of Punt Road and Swan Street, Richmond, and the intersection is adjacent to the Melbourne Sports Precinct and large numbers of people use this um, intersection, especially during people, you know, going down to the sports precinct for said uh, sports. (laughs) So, yeah, this is based upon the Hovenring, the idea, in the Netherlands. Just go into the second part of the interview now. Made a couple of suggestions about the, at the moment. There's an ongoing um, Vic Roads consultation, which is the streamlining Hoddle Punt Roads initiative, which the state government's been crowing about for a while. With these are P turns and P intersections and the rest of it, and that you're you're able to comment until about the 11th of September. No, it actually is the 11th of September. Looking at the website, so you see uh, some um, uh, cross pollination here. I, I'd encourage Yara Bug. Mm. Listeners to, first of all, have a look at the Mondering.org website. I've put a few images up there and there's a link, a video link to the original Hoven Ring. And then click through the context and make it happen where it gives you links to the Vic Roads websites where you can participate in the Engage at Vic Roads section. And it would be great if you could give a thumbs up to the posts which describe the Mondering or even put your own post down or write an email to Streamlining Hoddle and just say, while we're doing it, while we're spending the money, let's make it safe and accessible and usable for cyclists and pedestrians as well. Yeah, because that's the thing I find quite off-putting about, like we have lots of positive public relations sort of stuff coming out from you know, government about you know getting Melbourne moving and they're doing the level crossings and stuff. But a lot of this, if you look at the context of it, is about still about prioritising particular traffic. Sure. Um, I mean, that, I mean that's fine. The government has to oh, no, uh, oh, no. make a... everything work for everyone. Yeah. And it's just an opportunity to, to balance it out, and especially because it's so close to the Melbourne sports precinct, like the money that's flowing into the, the tennis centre and the football grounds, the Olympic Park, that's all great. And let's make it safe for the thousands of people that use that sports precinct every weekend. So if you are a visitor to, to that intersection, you could just watch every Saturday and Sunday and the hordes of people walking down Swan Street enjoying life and trying to cross that intersection which is quite dangerous. So imagine the safety benefits and the 
and the extra ticket sales perhaps and, and, and the kiddies that are going to the sport every weekend can safely negotiate that and, and off towards the MCG. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's excellent because a point I was trying to make was basically governments run through an electoral, electoral cycle and that's why they're trying to get as much done as they can right now. But I think these sort of innovative projects bring in the icing on the cake. They're actually seen to walk the walk, you know, and talk that, you know, whatever mangled analogy I'm trying to make. But but actually doing what they say in terms of prioritising transport initiatives because the inner suburbs are getting more and more, you know, in terms of the population growth we've got, the infield development. We need to start looking at these intersections to make them more friendly other than these kind of separated areas which are not pedestrian friendly and not cyclist friendly. Definitely. I mean, I think uh, the if you look at the streamlining Hoddle Street information, they seem to, their terms of reference seem quite good. Like they, they do realise that this intersection has a, has a large number of pedestrians and cyclists and public transport users as well, but it just doesn't really seem to flow through into what they're planning at the moment. And like where they've used that continuous flow intersection in practice, which is from what I understand only in Salt Lake City in the States, um, it's not in an area with many pedestrians. It's more like a like sort of a freeway type situation. So it hasn't really been implemented. And I think this is sort of a way that you could put an extra layer on top of that, that maybe it would work for pedestrians and cyclists as well. from Cut Copy and you're listening to 3CR. Please support Community Radio. Subscribe now. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 855am and digital. And it's going to go into the third, the third and final part of an interview I did with local Richmond residents, Jeremy and Ali, about their concept and... Uh, for the Monring, which is an idea they have for the intersection of Swan and Punt Road in Richmond. Because the actual initiative and the template exists, you were saying with it was at the Hoven Ring, so that could be, you could see, see that being easy extrapolate into like an Australian setting with costings and all the rest of it? Well, yeah, it's, it's not like it's a pipe dream, right? It's being built. It exists. The engineers and the consultants that worked on it in the Netherlands are presumably available to give a, a low-cost consultation or just a summary of what it what it actually did cost to build. So to replicate that as, a, as model number two should be cheaper again. Mm, because uh, give us a bit about you've got a website and um, context, make it happen and, con- you know, and contact, obviously, to help get the... <laughs> monitoring built you've got a series of emails here that will go to Vic Roads and information about the proposed uh, redevelopment of Hoddle and Punt Road have you thought about contacting some of the um, sports administration uh, things around there in terms of uh, footy clubs and um, that sort of thing that's a great idea look um, we every major project needs all the support as it can get and if it's good for the sports precinct, then it's good for the government and good for votes. So, yeah, maybe I should reach out to the uh, Melbourne 
and Olympic Parts Trust. Yeah. And Footy Club. And and, yeah. and, 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 the, and the amount of people who utilise that sports precinct, it's not just, you know, um, footy in Melbourne, but there's a lot of stuff that happens in that area, including the round ball and tennis and all the rest of it. But, oh, it's just, it was a thought I just had here. It's just gone, it just flew off. But, no, no, that's it. In in Melbourne, and I'm not sure about other capital cities, but there is a, a tradition of walking to the game. This, this could bring in a whole new um, aspect to that area because I, I knew when I was living in Abbotsford, you'd still see people who lived in Abbotsford or Richmond who'd walk to the MCG when, when their team was playing. And it wasn't just about, you know, packing out the back streets with traffic or parked cars. People would walk to game. And this is some interesting um, synergies that could happen here, well, you know, given... Our, our long uh, history with um, football in this uh, football-mad city. <laughs> yeah, I know this is about cycling and pedestrians, but there's some very interesting synergies here. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the best aspects of infrastructure is when it touches more than one segment of the population. So if pedestrians and cyclists can use it, that's sort of easily understood. But if football fans can use it, you know, just to, to join together and to chant and to sing the songs before the game, it can bring a whole extra culture to the to, to the community and to the state, and that's that's worth spending money on. It'd be great if, to, to learn more information, feel free to have a look at the website. It's www.mondering.org. That's M-O-N-D-R-I-N-G. Have a look at the Make It Happen. Send some emails to Vic Roads. Put a post up on Engage at Vic Roads regarding the Hoddle Street and Punt Road consultation. And feel free to send Alison and I a comment via the contact page, then we can respond directly. And if you know anyone who's willing to support the Mondering and are willing to put their logo and link, for example, then, then reach out to us and we can add that on on the supporters page. Okay, thank you so much today, Ali and Jeremy, for your, for your time. That's Thanks. all right. Thanks, Chris. And uh, we'll, get, yeah, we'll just uh, see if we can spread the word about this uh, initiative because yeah it exists overseas and it sounds like it's a really good fit for the Richmond area. Yeah well I reckon it's been proven to work and now's the time because the money is going to start flowing into the intersection so if you want to influence Vic Roads have a go now. Have you ever wanted to write songs about important issues and help change the way people think about them? Change the World With Your Song is a songwriting competition designed to do just that, built around the four themes of environment, social justice, war and peace, and political satire. It has age categories from kids to adults. For more information about this national songwriting competition, go to changetheworldwithyoursong.com, a 3CR supporter. And you're back listening to Yarra Bosque User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. And quick bit of news and events is that uh, single speed world championships are coming up in October in Woodend. Yes, Cosmopolitan Woodend. Um, and that's going to be on uh, the 23rd of October. But if you're interested... Entries close online like real soon, I believe, in the next two to three days. So if you're interested, go to the website, which is ss 
WC 2016, that's all together, dot com. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do online. Please keep in mind that you do need to get uh, particular licenses if you go through this, like um, if you're an international rider, if you have a UCI license, you know, you quote that. And you can get temporary or um, you can get a free eight week trial MBTA membership. And keep in mind too, that's about $150 to enter, but it is an international comp. And also, uh, male and female winners of the SSWC 2016 will receive a tattoo. So that's in keeping with the, the tradition. And also, I remember going to the um, Single Speed Australia, or was it World one back in the um, old days? Where I remember, I think Cadell, a very young Cadell Evans rocked up to that one. <laughs> it was quite an amusing ride. And also, just quickly, the Melbourne Bicycle Market is coming up. Fixo are putting this on. That's on Saturday, the 17th of September, 7 to 11 a.m., the rooftop car park at 558 Little Burke Street, Melbourne. And I'll put all those details on the website to do with that. And, um, yeah, it's great. Uh, $5 a stall, free to kick tyres. Reserve a stall at hello at fixo.co. So that's a lot of stuff happening around Melbourne because it's we're all starting to wake up and it's spring and it's getting into bike riding season. So um, thank you so much for listening in today. The podcast should be up shortly. And next week, Val and Faith should be back in the studio. They'll probably be talking about the uh, squeaky wheel. I've got another line of events coming up, pushy women... Uh, training for Yarra if you're interested in riding a bike and uh, that's coming up for I believe the 18th of yes it is 18th of September so um, thank you for today and uh, don't forget to subscribe or donate to 3CR go to 3cr.org.au and make sure that you keep us on air and up next is Dirt Radio You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.